Good evening and welcome along to G'day GA. I'm delighted to be joined here this evening in Shawnee Leary's kitchen in Bentley East. Thanks for having us, Shawnee. Thanks, lads, for coming. You're very welcome. Shawnee, full of enthusiasm as always. <laughs> I'm also delighted to have Giggles here this evening. Giggles, welcome along. We're, we're sick after the cake, Shawnee's after giving us our stuffed. <laughs> yeah, Shawnee gave us some lovely fresh cake, a nice sponge, because he recently celebrated his beautiful wife Maria's birthday. That's right. So thanks very much for the cake, Shawnee and Maria. How old is she, Shawnee? <laughs> I couldn't be disclosing that now. That's confidential yeah. information. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us here this evening. Um, it's our first episode since our international rules review back in late November. So this is our Christmas end of year special review of the year. So this evening we're going to be covering uh, the hurling review. We're going to look back also at the getting football year, um, as well as what's going ahead in Australia next year. Also, we have a couple of little. Sneaky quizzes along the way for, for Shawnee and Giggles to test their knowledge as we go through for the Christmas special. And you can <laughs> test yourselves, your own knowledge as you go through. So the boys are a bit bit worried about that one. Um, but first off, we have some tweets on, on our last episode back in November. So some of you might remember that Shawnee made a very controversial call on the last podcast. He said that the International Rules game was better than the Ireland final and also better than the Australian Grand Final Aussie Rules lots of feedback on the Twitter so that tweet went up on the 29th of November it said Shawnee made a bold statement on the international rules in her latest episode do you agree first reply back from John Reaney at Reaney John on drugs exclamation mark <laughs> very very clear on his position on, on, on your uh, take on a Shawnee also had a tweet from Kevin B at Kevin B he should take a lead out of at both vegan book and admit that was a bad statement out of me hashtag Bad old statement to be fair. <laughs> and finally, from Brian O'Leary at Brian O'Leary32, which is Shawnee's brother. Lads, you will have to tighten the leash on him. He's getting out of control. Now, Shawnee, you've had a bit of time to reflect four weeks on from the international rules. Do you still stand by that? I'd actually forgotten about it, but thanks for bringing it back up. <laughs> um, yeah, fairly bad statement by me. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, uh, if you listen actually to the podcast, I was I was going through a bit of a tough time uh, uh, during that stage, and um, I did come up with something ridiculous. All right, it pr- yeah. I probably was still was better than the. I would say it's probably still better than the AFL yeah. uh, Grand Final. That's okay. Yeah. You don't have to try and dig yeah. in now. You're sleep deprived. You made a bad call, was, yeah. and you're admitted now that you're wrong. That's oh a, yeah, look, I'd so totally put I my hand up. Two of the three of us at the table here have that trait in us that we've that bit of self awareness that when we're wrong. So it's good that to hear you oh, vocalise that. People in glass houses, lads. <laughs> Don't worry, Shani, I'm never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Moving on up first, we're going to talk about the hurling year. And for Manny, I think, safe to say, is probably the best year's hurling we've had in a long time in terms of the senior championship. Um, we had a winner in Galway. Hadn't won all Ireland how many years, Giggles? 29. 29 years. Is that the first uh, quiz question? No, no. It's going to be a lot harder than that. But yeah, so I think, you know, starting off, obviously, like, I think we can all agree it was a fantastic year for hurling in terms of having Gollow winning all Ireland. Even that alone was a great, was great yeah. progress in the hurling championship. I think I think if you go back to even to the start of the year, you had two breakthrough teams in Ballyhay, in Clare and Coola in Dublin actually contest the All-Ireland club final at the very start of the year. 
and I suppose a lot of people expected um, that to be a very close game and it turned out Kula absolutely destroyed him in the end they had a man marker in, in John Shannon who took Tony Kelly out of the game and ultimately I suppose that that bet Ballier in the day you kind of rolled into the league then and it was classic division one only six teams going tit for tat loads of good games and then as happened in the previous two campaigns the team from division one B Galway who actually didn't even get promoted came along and won the league and bet Tipperary who everybody was saying was unbeatable that they were the class team they walked waltz through the league their forwards were phenomenal and then it just set it up for the championship it set it up very well for the championship going into that yeah and you didn't didn't you had a lot of surprises in the championship i mean um you had Cork coming through the monster championship which like nobody gave many any um any uh you know a bit of conference going through what they had went through in the last few years and like the way they went through the Munster Championship was was phenomenal, and I personally didn't see that coming. And yeah, as a as a Cork supporter, yeah. Um, and then you had, I mean, like it was kind of a case of uh, same old, same old, and Leinster. I know um, Wexford gave it a bit same of same old, same old. Definitely yeah. wasn't same old, same old. <laughs> Kenny was. got knocked out by Wexford and Leinster, and then you had a Leinster final between Galway yeah, but you and could, Wexford with you sixty thousand people. You could have seen Galway winning winning the the Leinster Championship through the league campaign yeah. after what they did in the league I mean uh, like I don't know Galway have often showed I think uh, it's, a, it's a, a change no, and blah 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 but they've, obviously we know now they've backed it up but at the time we probably didn't know if they were the real deal you know Galway have yeah. got have got have won league they've won Leinster before the Beckley Kenny in, in, a, in a Leinster final before back in 2012 right. and they didn't go on ultimately to win the Ireland that year so I think I thought Galway from the start looked like they had a different steel about yeah, them this year yeah. and they looked like a different team but we weren't to know until I think they bet yeah. Tipperary probably in that semi-final and then obviously went on to win the final. I think that was the thing. I think everyone kind of was still like too too conscious of, of you know past past endeavours and like where Galway always fell down the last hurdle. I think you could nearly see it. You know, it's easy to see it now looking back on it like but you could, you could even see it in their interviews, you know. The way they were fronting up to the media, like it was, everything was low key. Everyone was kept kept calm and kept under wraps, and it looked like there was a process in in involved there. Like they were all about about the next game, the next game, and look, we won't get ahead of ourselves. And you were just you wanted to believe in it, and thank God they actually did and, and do the whole thing in the end. Sorry about yeah. that, giggles. No, but but I think I think if you, if you go through the championship, I think the Leinster championship was probably the most exciting championship this year because you had Wexford Park, which was electric. You had scenes from 96 on the pitch after the beat Kenny for the first time in God knows how many years. Um, when you look at the actual Munster championship, I think Cork lit it up. Uh, and I'm not taking away from Cork, they were definitely the best team in Munster, but all the other teams kind of didn't play to their potential in the Munster Championship. Tipper, diabolical in the league final, and they carried that form into the first round of the Championship. Watford abandoned the sweeper system, and they looked like they were like um, the, a team coming together for the first time. And then you had Cork playing Clare in the Munster final, who just didn't understand themselves at all this year. They, they, they totally flattered to deceive. Um, so it was actually more in the qualifiers where you got these real tough games. Like I think if you go back to Limerick versus Kilkenny, Kilkenny's first game after the loss to Wexford, they won by two points, I believe, down in Olin Park, and it was only a few points at the end that took them away. And then they had the big game in uh, Semple Stadium against Watford. Watford hadn't beat Kilkenny since 59, and then had them bet out the gate, let them back into it, draw a game, went to extra time. Jamie Barron was the only man able to run and, and Watford came out. So it really did kind of gather excitement. I think Cork gave the, the, the boost into the Munster Championship. The Leinster Championship had Wexford kind of, I think Galway just 
continued on and people expected Galway to win it once they got once Kilkenny got knocked out but then the qualifiers really just brought on another level all the way right up to the semi-finals yeah. I think then obviously it comes into the business side of things at the semi-final stage but in terms of who did you think was the I suppose the breakthrough team for this year I think obviously thinking off the top of your head you probably have Wexford Cork and Watford in terms of ones that ha- you know Probably, I would, I'd probably leave Waterford out of because they were, you know, they've been kind of, tr- they've been, they've been on that, on that door really for the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Um, Cork and Wakes were definitely are probably the two breakthrough teams. If you were to pick one, Shani? I'd, I'd, I'd pick Cork really because yeah. they, they really came out of nowhere. I mean, there was a bit intent about Wexford because you knew Davy Fitz was getting involved and you kind of expected something. To be honest, I did not expect anything out of Cork. I thought there was another year or two in the doldrums with them and. But I would, I'd say Cork are probably the breakthrough team, really. Uh, I, I'd say intercounty wise, you'd nearly have to say Galway. I know they weren't a breakthrough, breakthrough, but they br- they got over the line. But my uh, breakthrough team of the year is definitely Ballier and Clare. They hadn't won a county final ever. Next thing they get to the Munster Club Championship, they go on a whole fairy tale. They win the All Ireland mm. semi final. They just come up short. But in terms of breakthroughs, like Wexford didn't win anything. Ballier won their first county final ever, and they won their first Munster Championship ever, and they got all the way to St Patrick's Day. A kind of a small parish outside of Ennis with a couple of small parish clubs brought together. Like it, w- it was a great story. So yeah. for me, they were the breakthrough team. Yeah, I, yourself, I think I go for Wexford. Being honest, I think like Wexford under Liam Dunn hadn't seen a whole lot of promise. Um, I think people had wrote kind of Wexford off that even though Davy Fitz was coming in, they were saying, "Well, what has he actually got to work with?" And then they had that amazing win over Kilkenny down down in Wexford Park. And uh, you know, as a Kilkenny supporter facing into that game. I actually Kilkenny, fancy yeah, Wexford to win yeah, it. I, yeah, I just, you know, I, they hadn't beaten Kilkenny since uh, yeah. 2004. Kilkenny were at their most vulnerable going down there. Cody was picking injured players, which he would never normally yeah. do, but it just shows how much he was struggling in terms of depth in the squad. And I think they did the business, even though when Kilkenny kind of rallied back at them, they held their nerve, got over the line. And then to go on, and, and I know they lost to Godwin and it's their final, but to see that colour back in Crow Park, the Wexford supporters are probably like the Waterford supporters, they're yeah. brilliant fans to get around a team that's... Starting to gain a bit of momentum and to have 60,000 at a Leinster final more than obviously we had at a Munster final, you know, yeah. that the Leinster often gets kind of seen as the poor relation, but it just showed that there was huge energy around Leinster again with Kenny knocked out That's and true. they knew they were going to have a new provincial winner. So it's, it's probably um, Wexford for me. And I don't know. What, what about Dixborough as a breakthrough team? I was surprised you didn't pick him up. Yeah, look, I was focusing on obviously. No, we're including club here. No, I thought it was intercounty. Giggles throwing a curveball there. Yeah. We were going for intercounty. Team is a team. Team is a team. Oh, yeah, look, <laughs> my, my, yeah, my Dixborough, my Dixborough <laughs> as I call him, yeah, without doubt, like the first county championship in 24 years, unbe- unbelievable year. But just looking at the county, I would go with Wexford. Yeah. And I suppose then looking at, Giggles, you alluded to there, the actual dilation in Wexford Park, and I'd probably have that down as my moment of the year. Seeing the elation in Wexford Park after they have that win. And it was a, it was a big just, moment, yeah. Big, big moment flooding the field. Mm. And the players themselves, you know, sometimes when you see a team win and the, play, the fans run on, the players are delighted, whatever. But the, the Wexford players were like singing and chanting yeah. themselves. You saw yeah. Lee Chin there, Conor MacDonald. Like, that was unbelievable to see how much it meant to them that they'd beaten Kilkenny on their home ground in front of their home fans. Like, so that for me, I think, was Your moment of the my year. moment of the year and also breakthrough team of the year. Interesting. I, I kind of have to say for a moment of the year, I think two of the big moments, which I'm not picking just to kind of call them out, would be Joe Canning's point against Tipperary. Huge point. Uh, and then, sorry, Johnny, after taking your one, am I? 
and, and I suppose Galway winning the All-Ireland was a huge moment of the year but for me um, having what Cork and Waterford back in Crow Park again going at it hammer and tongs like the mid noughties mm-hmm. and you'd associate those two teams with absolute moments of brilliance and to see Austin Gleeson get the ball on the 45 yard line and go on a Pele-esque run dodge three players give it to Brick give it to Brick give it to Brick no no and then just the deftest of little flicks into the back of net to send Cork packing was 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 definitely my moment of the year. It's you, great to see you. he's brought some bit of non-bias to that. You know that <laughs> is numerical advantage, not even mentioned in that conversation. Oh my God, war for moments of the year. Yeah. We go on to war for moments of the year later. That was just her moment here. Shawnee, what was yours? Well, my my moment. Well, one of my moments. I was going actually going to say Joe Canning's point, but then he had giggles to grab me away from me. But I would say. The follow-on was Galway actually reaching the promised land and, and, and finally getting Lee McCarthy, I think. There's, there's no doubt that was my moment of the year. Yeah, yeah I think we, in terms of, obviously, we'll, we'll touch on the football up next. There was probably lots of controversies in the football. In terms of the hurling, do you think there was any kind of controversial moments slash, slash incidents oh, during the year? Like like defining ones. What would you, ba- I, I like, think helmet gate is the big thing, like, do you yeah. know? Yeah, you had um, Tyg de Burka probably who sh- got suspended who shouldn't have got suspended then you had Aston Gleeson and when you break down the replay very slowly just was totally intentional in, in the pulling of the helmet off the Cork lad uh, the young lad that plays wing back Mark Holman. and uh, Mark Holman and um, it's just it, it's such a grey and vague rule um, but it's so clear cut as well yeah. and it, it just divides the hurling world so for me that was a bit of a controversy um, I suppose then the, the the more recent controversies then were kind of around the Bally Ragged boys who kind of ran amok <laughs> to be fair they're, they're after doing themselves just now they're after yeah. winning the, the, the Leinster yeah, Championship and they're into the All-Ireland semi-final against Turin from Mayo which will be an interesting game Mayo, Turin are a senior team in Mayo but the Bally Ragged boys surely made, made, made a dent in the controversy <laughs> this year as so. well yeah you'd have to include them in the in a controversial moment Shawnee was there any standout moment for you that you saw as controversial, would you see the sending off for Cork in Waterford? I, 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 I was like, I was going to say that the Austin Gleeson one that was a real controversial moment. Like, as, as Giggle said, like, there was probably more case for him to be suspended than um, Tyg de Borka. Like, Tyg de Borka was a, he kind of had his back to him, really. Like, Austin Gleeson knew exactly what he was doing and, and was very intentional in what he did. and that was a big controversial moment of the year, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't controversial in the match because it happened so fast. No. It was only it afterwards was the, when you saw it slow it down. The, yeah. And it just was on the fallout from the game. Yeah, I think we spoke at length about that and about that. The rule is the rule. Enforce the rule. And then it, it's very straightforward. It's just when you when the rule is so black and white and they didn't enforce it that there's frustrations on both sides there. So, yeah, you know. And I think and I think that followed on after the All-Ireland final as well. Like, or like there was a bit of talk as well about um, Austin Gleeson's behaviour in the All-Ireland final as well. I think there's a bit of controversy followed him this year. And he did come out after and say, you know, there was a lot of pressure on him personally as oh, well yeah. in terms of like the expectation. Like, and it just goes to show how young how young he is really. And you, you, you forget like how, how much pressure he's under as well. Like, but yeah. it goes back if you watch Joe Canning on the Late Late Show uh, at the weekend he talked about all the pressure on him after a 19 year old after he scored yeah. 2.12 of 2.15 against Cork and Joe Canning had some some poor days for Galway by his standards he probably still scored 5 or 6 points yeah. you know uh, and Austin Gleeson was 21, 22 years of age hurt, reigning hurler of the year did some unbelievable things with the ball but again people judge him by a different standard he was given special attention Watford played the sweeper system so he's less forwards up front and, and then yeah, some of the some of the things maybe he kind of you know throw the toys out of the pram. That's probably maybe just a sign of a young guy. And I think we'll see a stronger, more kind of yeah. level-headed Aston Gleeson next year. 
the yeah. focus is is like at a, at all time high as well in like the uh, level he's playing at as well. That's the unfortunate thing, really. Like everything is picked up what he does. Like and he's every little mistake he normally probably get away with yeah. is just one hundred percent focus on him. Like I think we're all in agreement though that it was the best hurling year we've had in a long time in terms of not not one outside of the top three. We didn't have a, a Kilkenny Cork yeah. or or Tipperary win which was you know the traditional three counties and I think in terms of we had Wexford coming through Waterford we had some upsets along the way and Galway to finally cap it off I think it's yeah. been the best we were kept guessing the whole way through yeah. I think I think it was up there with 2013 and yeah. I think it, it was Clare and Cork back then yeah. and Cork came from nowhere again mm. uh, Kilkenny were knocked out early Tip were knocked out even earlier the two of them years kind of very similar it nearly goes back then to 95 and 96 you know when you've Clare mm. and Wexford winning for the first time very that kind of period so yeah it was mm. it was a phenomenal championship yeah. Okay, so that's our, our hurling review of the year and our key moments and key controversies. Now we're going to quickly go on to how well do you know your county quiz. So I have five questions here for giggles on Waterford. Oh no. <laughs> so, I'm under pressure already. <laughs> question one. Not gonna go well. Name the four teams who have won the Waterford Senior County Championship in the last 10 years. That's from 2007 to 2017 inclusive. Um, Ballygunner, Delisal, Passage and Ballyduff. Correct. Well done. Question two. I remember the Ballyduff last it is more of it very well. (laughs) Question two. Who captained Waterford to lift Lee McCarthy in 1959? Jesus. These are tough names. I think he know this one. Was it Massey Welch? Uh-uh. No. What's Mossy's first name? But Mossy like. I know him by Mossy, I know. Frankie Welsh. That's that's Mossy, it's the same fella. We call him Mossy down the Waterford. <laughs> we'll have to look into that one. <laughs> what club is he from? Mossy Welsh. Yeah. He's down from Mount Zion. Yeah, he's from Mount Zion. Yeah, so we, we give you that one, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt because I can't. Two. I, I, I'm going to check it out. We get Twitter on it, we can get Twitter Charlie's on it. Charlie's going to do a Google. All right. one Welsh from Mount Zion. Okay. Walsh or Welsh? Welsh. You say it Welsh in the water. Welsh. Yeah. Right. Question three. Munster semi-final 2004 against Tip. Who was the substitute that came on? Paul O'Brien. <laughs> I went to school with Emilius Moore for about four years, so I Correct. know him very well. Correct. 3 for Giggles. <laughs> Question four. It's an easy one for you, Giggles. What year did Ken McGrath make his debut for Watford? 1996. Correct. Now, this is the one I think I might be able to get him one done by. I left it. I think this would be the one I get him. Sean, you're going to have a tough act to follow I'm going to get... Oh, this is going to be embarrassing here. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't know my counting. <laughs> okay, question five. Last question, Giggles. What was the final score in the 2008 All-Ireland Final between Kilkenny and Watford? Just to 330 to 113. I lost my county by. <laughs> Correct, 5 out of 5. That is very impressive. <laughs> just, very well and just on that one, it's, they said that it started at 3.30 and they finished at 3.30. So uh, yeah, thanks that's for rubbing that in there, Very good, very good. All right, coming up next, we have the football review of the year. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Look, Things were just going through my head, you know, and, and because I can only, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and... I, 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 I love I love, I love my county, you know. We love
Okay, we're still in awe of Giggles here after getting five out of five. We're giving him the benefit of the doubt on Mossy Welsh. He obviously would know his nickname there. He's a, <laughs> a pure a purebred water man there. Welsh. Welsh. <laughs> anyway, okay, up next, football. It has a familiar ring to it. Dublin or Ireland champions. But what a phenomenal year of probably football, especially the last, the, the two semi-finals of the final we had. Three brilliant games. Yeah, I think there was some really good games throughout the year in different provinces as well. Like you had Galway beating Mayo in a really tight game. It wasn't great football, but it was a very exciting game for neutral. You had Roscommon blowing them out of the water then. Um, you had Tip and Tip and um, I suppose Clare blowing Munster, really putting it up to the to the big guns. Um, Leinster was a walk in the park again for Dublin. But uh, I, I guess I know we want to probably break through teams of the year later on, but... It's probably uh, it's probably Carlo who actually had the first time, first three wins in a row they've ever had in the championship world for a long number of years anyway. We're a big team. They put it up to Dublin, and then above in Ulster was your general tit for tat again, kind of. And Tyrone came out on top, but then totally flattered to deceive. But as as you said, Liam, yeah, it was probably when you got to the semi final stage that's when kind of things got interesting. Yeah, I think obviously we had that that replay game between Mayo and Kerry. That was that was great entertainment. We just started doing the podcast just back around then. Mm. We got great entertainment out of those two games. But Shani, who was your, I suppose, breakthrough team of the year in, in football? Um, I I was hope I was hoping going to say Galway there because Galway made a, a good burst in the start of the Connacht Championship, and I thought they might go a bit further. Like, and they, they kind of disappointed in after that. Um, Ross Common could be one of those teams as well. Um, they're the only two I'd say outside of you know the big names really that kind of. Made an impact. Made really. a bit more of an impact than you expected them to do. Like, yeah. so. I'd agree with Johnny. Ross Common yeah. for me has to be that the, they lost the Connick finally by a replay last year. Did McStay and McHale, who had a bit of kind of, you know, lack of faith in them by the Ross Common people over the winter. They had a terrible league campaign where they only won one game. And then they went out and like, if you've watched the documentary, the four part documentary on Roscommon during the year, it's very exciting because it's a, a bunch of young guys who lost six or seven key players, Niall Collins, their fullback and a few others throughout the year. And then they just got this momentum. They they should have beaten Mayo in the All-Ireland quarterfinal in the first game and mm-hmm. went to a replay. And then they just, Mayo just finally kicked into gear in the second game and they got blown out of the park. But I think if you told Roscommon that they'd win a Connacht title at the start of the year, they would have bitten your hand off for it. Yeah. So for me, they're like the breakthrough team. They took the, they took the league very serious last year and flattered this evening in the, in the championship. And they kind of took yeah. a totally different approach this year, the complete opposite. And actually, it probably be, paid dividends for them, really. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Super 8s now would suit the likes of you know, those teams now next year. They could... It, it could be a benefit to those those kind of teams like Galway, Roscommon, you know, my Cork might come through a bit more in the football as well, like Monaghan, I think up in Ulster might be able to get a few more wins out of it as well. So, And in terms of, I suppose, we had lots of different moments of the year because we actually have obviously four very strong provinces. But Giggles, your moments of the year in football? Um, I'm not going to be biased on this one. I'm actually, I, I think like you could pick a whole host of Andy Moore moments of the year. You could pick Dean Dean Rock kicking the ball over with the GSP track of being thrown at him. GPS. GPS, GSP. <laughs> He's the fighter, isn't he? <laughs> uh, but I suppose my moment of the year for um, 
was Roscommon winning the Connacht title. They hadn't won one in, in, in over 10 years. They put in a performance that blew Galway out of it. Their, their football was amazing. They bet them out the gate by 9 or 10 points. And I think just for a small co- uh, county like Roscommon, it's huge. You hear, you hear calls in the football for a two-tiered football championship. You'd have no doubt that a couple of years ago, Roscommon would have been in the second division. And the reason why they don't do the two-tier football championship is because of moments like that when you've got a team coming through. So for me, it was Roscommon winning Connacht. For me, I think I'm going to go with Aidan O'Shea, Mark and Kieran Donaghy. <laughs> yeah. I think there was some rumours of a kind of surface during the week of the, of the build-up to that game. Yeah, yeah, and then for it to actually transpire and to see it in action was was fascinating. Yeah. Seeing someone who never plays in that position for his club or for his county and asked to do a job. And I've heard him sp- in the interview he did with Joe Malayan off the ball since saying that he got a phone call just a few days before and saying, how would you feel about doing this? And he goes, yeah, I'll do whatever I have to do for the team. And I think, you know, he often gets labelled as it's all this day in O'Shea show, it's all about him. You know, that he, you know, he got the selfie gate earlier in the year and all that kind of stuff. But for me, that showed that he's a true team player mm-hmm. and he was willing yeah. to do whatever it took to get Mayo over the line. And obviously, they had a plan for him as well. It was fascinating hearing about that, speaking to Joe Malai, that, you know, he didn't they didn't mind Kieran Don, he winning a couple of balls when he went out the field. It was about just lessening his impact close to goal close to goal yeah, yeah. you know and to, to eliminate that high ball on top of the full back line because they didn't do that because Aidan O'Shea was there on him so for me that was fascinating you talk about getting football and how it's evolved in terms of tactics to see Mayo deploy him as a kind of a man on man you know yeah. you know you just wouldn't you just would not you'd be like playing TJ Reid full back yeah. for Kenny you know what I mean like it was that kind of a, a call from Mayo and it did pay off. They yeah. actually got the result over that they wanted, even though at the time it looked like Donny was getting the upper hand. Yeah, especially the first game. Like I think Joe Brady in particular, classic Joe, went at him totally. But then when you hear the rationale behind it, even when you hear Donny saying, "Jesus, Aidan O'Shea caught the first ball over my head," the whole Mayo crowd went mental. Yeah. So I said I'd run out the field and win a few balls out there. Sure, perfect. Did That's the plan worked? Even horses if, for courses, even really if Aidan O'Shea got roasted out the field, it didn't yeah. matter. Now. He, they, he was kind of at fault for one of the goals but as you said one game his first game at full back All-Ireland semi-final yeah. he did well the second day he did very well and yeah. he, the frustration showed when Kieran Donaghy even punched him in the face yeah. that, was, that, that was, was at the end that of was Donaghy yeah Shawnee your moment of the year yeah they were, they were two good moments but like uh, I'd probably go back to um, Dublin winning the three in a row I think that was just phenomenal like you yeah. have to you have to take your hat off to them you had to applaud them for what they've done you know they're just a superb outfit like you know, regardless of what people perceive they have or advantages over other counties, like they've got a they've got a really 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 strong st- team spirit there, and there's a great bond with all those players there. You can you can see it off the field as well, um, and they're just they're just a phenomenal team. Like, yeah. and they'll just they'll go again and they'll they'll keep going. I think, I think they probably don't see it. They're probably more process oriented, where it's like they'll just look ahead to the next the next challenge the next challenge the next ch- they're just really really good you know i hate to use the word professional and that but that's that's they are, the yeah. way they they conduct themselves um they're they're when they do speak to, speak to the media they're they're very good easy to listen to you know they they don't really you know apart from jim gavin he's a bit of a bullshitter right like but um they're just they're just phenomenal like and they'll keep i think i think they're gonna go for this five in a row i think yeah. and they're going to give it some rattle, I'd say. I think it's a fair point, though. I think it is. They haven't got the credit they deserve. Even when we did the podcast, we focused on how Mayo had lost yeah. rather than focusing yeah. on Dublin actually winning the three in a row and how they grinded it out when it looked like it was gone from them. So to do three in a row in the modern era, it's been done in Hurling with Kenny, obviously. 
but in football it hadn't been seen in a long long time so I think yeah I think that is a, is, is a fair call for, for moment of the year and I think I think I, I, like I just say on top of that moment I think this Dublin team are the best football team of all time yeah. like yeah. you can talk about your carries back in the 80s right and Pat Spillane in, in some instances they didn't have much competition back then you know what I mean there no. was one or two there was no round robin there was no back door you could get knocked out handy Kerry had an easy walk every year down in Munster Cork were gone in the doldrums yeah. this Dublin team have serious character five All-Irelands they have now in, in seven years and, and, and it looks like probably more yeah. 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 they're unbelievable yeah. yeah but the year wasn't what it was his controversies especially in football I think the football is always more controversial than the hurling in terms of the defining moments and I think we've seen with I'm going to allude to I think the controversial one I saw was um, GPS gate uh, <laughs> As and I think as you spoke about in the podcast when we spoke about after that game, you thought he was dead right to do a giggles. But I think that was such a controversial moment. But it was, probably was under reported because it didn't end up affecting yeah. uh the result. Um And actually it came out that Dean Rock has said that actually Usher he was I was a Dean Rock or no, it was Kevin McMinimum said he was dead right to do it. I w I wouldn't have thought of it, but if I did I would have done it. And then actually Lee Keegan himself has come out and said, geez, it probably wasn't the right thing to do. In hindsight he probably shouldn't have done it, but it was a panic. So Yeah. like most players are genuinely honest after the game, they'll do anything to win the game when they're playing, but yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like any other sport, like if you take the, if you put it into soccer, if you put it into rugby, if someone was to throw someone's taking a penalty Ronaldo was taking a penalty and someone threw an object and a bottle at him or someone was uh, Johnny Sexton taking a kick for Ireland and someone threw something at him oh, it'd be war, war yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah, war you know yeah, what I mean like yeah. and the fact that it happened in our you know grand final the final game of the year in the biggest biggest tournament in Ireland yeah. you know it was you know it would have been I would have hated to have seen an impact on the results and, and, yeah. and I, I'm glad I didn't but what, what did you see I'm trying, I'm trying to think now actually controversies here the Maybe I'm missing something, but I, I'm I'm not thinking of any major controversy. Like you'll have your black card calls. You'll have there was a few flares. Jim McConley pushing the linesman. Jim McConley pushing line was a controversy, I suppose. Yeah, and I suppose a bigger controversy nearly that for people was him not playing in the games and not starting out and finally when you have a, a guy that caliber. But again, I think Jim McConley pushed the linesman. You know, and it, when it's on the television, and it's such a high profile player, you kind of have to do the time on that one. And I think. Dermot this time actually stood up and accepted his um, suspension so fair play to him on that one I think I just think if you push a linesman as little as slight as it was you the can't do that rule. and it was applied in that instance and, and you're a player a linesman and you see some linesmen like they're, you know, they're big lads they're old lads their belly's on them they can't move they're not going to be able to defend themselves yeah. even though I'm sure there was no real malice intended by Dear McConley but the rule is there for a reason yeah I, I'm struggling to think of a, a major con like, I think the Aidan O'Shea one was probably a bit of a controversial thing as well but we've covered that Shawnee, yeah, I was, was going to say the, the Ed Noshea thing, that's nearly a controversy in its own yeah. self, but I don't know, it's very, it's very hard to... Like, You've got the Gooch, I suppose, with the testimonial was a big yeah, controversial thing, it probably divided the country. and Or the controversy of, of, of this Tyrone bloody team coming down and going to be rattling Dublin, that was a bit of a controversy in and itself. Was a joke the controversy. Yeah. I, I think the Gooch actually created it, like he, for a man this year, I think he's one of the best footballers of all time, he went and won his All-Ireland club back in March, which was a huge thing for him. He retired then pretty much off the back of that from the Kerry fold. And then he went and had the testimonial, which kind of definitely divided the GA world in terms of their opinion of whether they should or shouldn't have it. So I suppose the Gooch then created a bit of controversy in terms of that, yeah. Yeah, so you've gone for kind of two off-field controversy. You've gone for Bally Raggett in the hurling, you've gone for <laughs> Gooch in the football. 
So that's saying a lot about the, about the games themselves that they're not too controversial. They're not actually. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. A, it wasn't the year where you're kind of saying, "Jesus, this happened, that happened." I, I don't think it was. I think the best teams won the best won, won all the championships, and um, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone can be complaining about a referee indecision or or a bad call by a linesman or or a bad suspension or anything like that. I okay. think it was a fair year. That's fair enough. Giggles, okay. That's our football review of the year. All in all, another great year. I think, that especially the last couple of months of the, of the championship and we got a fascinating Ireland football final and we mm. all we all really enjoyed that and now it's on to Shawnee how do, 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 do. <laughs> how well do you know your county Sean? you're not very confident here now no I'm not I'm going to start with some easy ones can, can I can I butt in for a second sorry Liam I shouldn't be if, if, if he gets it wrong can you pass to me yes no 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 we'll do that if he gets it wrong okay 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 if he gets it wrong we'll give him a chance to answer the question no 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 don't do that shocking if I can answer him and then he gets a better answer than me look he's going to shout it out anyway it's my county I know but he knows my county right he knows everything okay here we go question one nice easy one to start how many senior All-Ireland hurling titles do Cork have Three behind the Kenyans and our four. What's more? What's more? I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. Okay, can you have six more? I'm going to put you on the clock here, Shani. Can't have too much dead air here. 36? Eh, eh. 30? Correct. Okay, can you have 36, Cork? Hold on, no, second, no, no. Oh, cut me out. I'll cut him out. Fair enough, fair enough. Because he's going to make an e-joke. I don't want to make an e-joke myself anyway, so <laughs> I don't need him to make a bigger e-joke. All right. Another easy one. In what year did Cork win the four in a row in hurling? So what was the year that they got to Fort Ireland? It was the 40s, wasn't it? I'll give you say yes, it was the 40s. 48. Eh, eh, 44 Sorry Giggles I'm under instructions here Did you I would have said 43 <laughs> <laughs> You're alright Okay Question 3 Zero from two so far How many new town Chandran players Started the all final For Cork in 2004 2004 There was Pat Mulcahy There was Cornerback There was Ben O'Connor Charlie O'Connor S3 just started now. Just started. Yeah, Cahill Nockin didn't start. Three. Eh, eh. Pat McKay wasn't on the team. 2004. No. Two O'Connor. He was 2005. He was before. He was. Yeah. 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 yeah he didn't, 2004 yeah. is the All Ireland they last. No, they won the Becky Kenny. Pat McKay wasn't on that team. You can look it up. Yeah, we, no, we keep you're, it right, you're right. It was, yeah. the, it, was the, it was the year they lost in Aiden Fogarty was on him. Yeah, 2006. Yeah. Six with Aiden yeah. Fogarty. <laughs> I actually thought he was on it myself when I was doing up the question, but then I looked up the team sheet, he wasn't on it. But I did think he was on it too. Yeah. Who was cornerback? Yeah. Wayne Sherlock. Wayne Sherlock, yeah, Sherlock, and Brian yeah. Murphy. Okay. Wayne Sherlock couldn't get back into the team. Okay, now, question four. Now, I'm hoping you get this one. This is a kind of a tough one, but I think you might get it. All right. Who is Cork's most decorated Gaelic player? in terms of all Ireland medals. Now that's hurling and football. Now as well I'm going to include minor on 21 and senior. And I, I think the statistic is, I think he has the most in the country, up until recently anyway. It's either JBM or Frank Cummins. 
Do you want to go for one of them? I'm going to go for Frank Cummins. Eh, eh. JVM, is it? No. no. Brian Murphy from Nemo Rangers. Cornerback. He won three senior hurling medals on the field of play. One senior football. Two hurling under 21. One football under 21. Two hurling minor. One football minor. That's 10 All-Irelands. And he won four club football All-Irelands with Nemo. What's his name? Brian Murphy. Harder. And he's the chairman of O'Loughlin Gaines yeah. in Kilkenny. And he's best friends with my father. He's Yeah. But yeah, he's the most decorated Gaelic player. questions are way harder than Giggles' questions. <laughs> no, I, I, I think ah, you should on. be knowing that one. Okay. Right, last question. Last question. Easy one. Easy one. Easy one. Easy one. What did Martin Comfort score from play of Dermot O'Sullivan, otherwise known as The Rock, in 2003? 2003 All-Ireland Final. Giggles after writing some on a page here and showing it to Shawnee. Put you on the clock, Shani. It's more than that. Three, two, one, one three, one four. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Giggles are written down one three. So that's. I oh, got no question <laughs> on club. Giggles got two questions. Did you get question club? Brian Murphy was at Nemo. That was yeah, kind of club related. About the club championship. Shani, they weren't the last ten minutes looking up club championship. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I didn't tell. I didn't tell the boys what I was going to do because I knew they would Google if I had a quiz. They would be googling GA history. So. Five from five. Hold on a second. No, I think we've heard enough. Go on. Say, five from five from Giggles. Zero from five from Shani. So that was that was that was. They were good questions. Do you think they were kind of balanced? Ba- I think it's only fair now. Don't me and Shani come back at you in the next episode and we yeah. get a quiz Definitely. for Liam. Right? More than happy to do that. You can do a bit of prep. It, it won't be on Kenny G though. No. <laughs> I, okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. All right. I look, I look, I look forward to that. But they, they were fair. Now. I think Jeez. I thought they were fair. I had to have one, a couple of Kilkenny flavoured ones in there as well. I hope, <laughs> hope you noticed that. All right, so, okay, coming up next, we're going talking about what's ahead in, the, in Australia for next year and also what's going on over Christmas here in Melbourne. The ball hands out the far side to Henry Shefflin. Henry has a look. Henry puts it out with a ball. There's the insurance fight. Mrs. McGinnis. Kick that one out. Kick the bones out with that one, Mrs. McGinnis. Cusack is not delaying now. All right, Shawnee's still recovering here after getting zero out of five there, and he's actually wearing a red T-shirt with a big capital C on it. It's, and all. it's actually one of those hairy baby T-shirts, and it has it's written cork, on it. It's all cork sayings on it. It says Langor, stall the beans. How oh, it's all horrible Cork Saints, Panna, Fiend, yeah. Fiend, Sham. And yeah, it just shows now some he's as Cork, he's more a Melbourne now than Cork at this yeah. stage, I say. Jesus, that's shocking. I'm going to get some doing over this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Cork listeners giving us some feedback on that one. Um, just as well, we actually do have a competition ourselves this week who we want you to retweet on Twitter the episode link. Share it on Facebook or like us on Instagram. What's the prize we have, Giggles? Oh, we're giving away a very special Victoria GAA t-shirt. Uh, one of the ones that were left over from the state games at uh, in part. But it's, it's brand new. It's still in the package, lads. It's not second-hand or anything. But it's, it's, it's a lovely t-shirt now, designed by myself. And uh, just one of the ones that were left over. Yeah, and the special thing about the t-shirt, it's beautiful. It's white with a bit of black trim. The colours of Victoria are actually white and navy. But Giggles decided to get white and black 
gear this year because he had too much navy. If you look at the um, it's a size medium as well, it's just in case you're smaller or large, don't bother. Could be a nice Christmas present for Could someone. Be a Christmas present, yeah. If you want to know what it looks like, look at the GA Instagram account and you'll see um, the two boys over in Perth with them on. So oh, yeah, yeah, we're looking Jackets. well. We're looking well in them. <laughs> okay, so obviously we've had a big year of of hurling and getting football in in Australia this year, but the year ahead. Has very exciting prospects. We have the the state games are going to be in Victoria next year. Mm. Giggles, and I know that's down the line in next September, but it's probably going to be the biggest state games in the history of Australasia. It's a big statement, but it's probably true. Yeah, there, there's, that was a big statement by you, Liam. Um, yeah, there, there's going to be probably five teams in the hurling. There, for the last couple of years, there was only three. There's going to be, I think it's six senior football men's team and five junior football teams. Then there's going to be, the, I think, five of the ladies' teams and four of the camogie teams. So it's going to be massive. Um, myself and Liam here are involved with Gaelic Park this year in terms of the committee. So once we get the, the championship over with, I suppose, in Victoria, there's going to be a huge organising around that, getting the pitches right, getting the dressing right, getting the sponsorship going, getting the ball booked, a whole pile of stuff that has to be done. So it, it, it's going to be exciting. And... Um, it's going to be great because I suppose Melbourne is the most accessible city for all of the Australasian cities. So, hence the reason why all the teams tend to travel to Melbourne, even though the weather tends not to be that great actually around that time of the year. We're, we're hoping we might get a few early 20s, late teen days on that weekend to kind of have a good championship. Yeah, so the Australasian state games again are kind of like it's like the county you play the, the best of each state, whether you're living in Sydney or Melbourne or Port, you play for, the, for that equivalent. And it's on in a different state each year. So we're going to probably have around five to 600 players playing in Melbourne over a three-day period. And it's it's a fantastic festival of, of Gaelic games for, for ladies and for men. And we just had the one in Perth last year and it was a great game. But it's probably be double the size of one in Melbourne next year. And, and the Perth games were unbelievably well organised. It's just that Perth as a city is four hours from everywhere. So it, 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 teams tend to find it harder from an expense point of view and from a kind of a flight point of view to get out there. But you'd have to say to Tom Murphy and the guys out in Perth, they were amazing. The pitches were in pristine condition. They had the President of Ireland, the President of the GA, the President of Australasia. Who are one we going to get giggles? One of the best, yeah. one of the best, one of the best, one of the best football games of all time in the ladies' football final. Uh, went to extra, extra, extra time and then golden score. So the Perth game was great. I, I don't know who we're going to get. We might have to get Jay Z or Beyonce or one of them. <laughs> Halftime show. Rock the place. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson, or Michael, Michael or Jackson. Just, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> we might get them for the boob show. Belly ragged boys. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Well, look, we we don't need to put serious effort into that because, like you said, yeah, the, we the games in part last year were, were or sorry, this year were, were absolutely fantastic. Um, but obviously, it, closer uh, to that, in, in February we have the Park Pierce's Sevens competition, which is a seven aside competition in, in Melbourne, where every club team in Australia comes to Melbourne to play off a seven aside competition in one day. It's very like the Kilmacud Croke Sevens, but in Melbourne. Shani, you fond memories of that you won it back in 2012, I believe. 2012, yeah, we did. Uh, it's a great day. It's it's um, it's a tiring day. It's a it's a long. Even though you play maybe three, four, five games to win it, it's a long day because like you might play the first game at nine o'clock in the morning, and then you might play the next game at maybe one or two o'clock in the day, and it just carries on from there. But it's it's a fantastic day. I mean. All the clubs from around come down. As you said, it's a very accessible city, so you get everybody in from 
Sydney, Brisbane, Perth. Perth kind of kind of dropped off in the last few years, but they they still travel. They still send over teams. Darwin, Darwin, yeah. Darwin. So it's it's a it's a great day. I mean, all the clubs get to to get out for the first or second time of the year and get ready for the championships ahead. But um, and it's a totally different game to fifteen aside, as we know. Yeah. It's think, like yeah, it's I, it's a full in pitch and it's seven aside. It's thirty five degrees most yeah. most times. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a really demanding day physically and mentally. Yeah, and I think it's all it's all it's again it's another great day celebration of of Gaelic games in Australia. We have five or six hundred people in Gaelic Park in Melbourne, and you have every state and every city in Melbourne represented. And it's a it's a great place where you actually meet people you mightn't have seen all year. Yeah. You might have a friend working in Sydney or a cousin down from Port. Club you mates m- even. Club mates yeah. even or people you play back with in college or whatever. And you get to see them that mm. once a year and play against them and mark them. It's actually it's 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 yeah. great crack, but the standard is often very good as well because it's only the be- it's essentially the seven best players of each team start. Yeah. Um for those teams. So the standard is very high in all the codes. Um and fair play to Park Pierce is it's been building year on year and it's it's great to follow on the Snapchat. What's the handle on the Snapchat, Eagles? Do you know? There, there's going to be a big Snapchat presence this year. But speaking of clubmates marking each other, I think uh, it was for the last two years in a row we've had our own Shamey Kremen from Kilgarvan mark his clubmate, Glyn Egan. Uh, and a brother of Buff Egan. The brother of Buff Egan, who's a serious forward. And, and the first year we played St. Pat's, we beat them. And uh, Shamey got the better of Glynn. And then last year, Shamey was marking him again. And Glynn got two goals in the first few minutes. And ultimately, was the undoing of us in the final. So, uh, you blame yeah. Shamey for that, yeah, for losing. <laughs> That's <laughs> harsh. <laughs> I, I was giving him the praise for the year before. <laughs> <laughs> Good to bring a bit of balance to it, yeah. But that's that's great that you end up two lads, two clubmates marking each other out here is always fascinating. And then just before the uh, the, the Pierce Sevens, we have a, a nine aside competition here in Melbourne run by ourselves, Gary Owen. Um, and that's a kind of a warm up we kind of use it for the sevens for the for the Melbourne teams. And we all put two teams each in, mm-hmm. which is a great start to the year in February. Um, and it kind of it sets the tone for I suppose you're playing in good weather, you're playing 30 degrees, it's a different type of hurling than when we finish. Our, our championships here in Melbourne normally in June in the winter so yeah it's an exciting year ahead we just had a couple of sessions there before Christmas we had a, a nice session last Friday we had a half an hour drills and then we had a, a barbecue and a few beers and 30 degrees beers. and actually uh, Ring Ring GA had spotted our kind of burgers and, and beers on the beach and they were uh, I could see the Sweeney again and Orig so they were thinking about doing the burgers and beers back in Ireland because you know when you get back into the train in Ireland, it's very serious, and especially pre-season, it's all you associate with is muck and shit and running, running the, the legs off yourself. So we do the pre-season a bit differently over here. We kind of take it easy and have a few brewskis. But um, I think I think the hurling championship this year is going to be very exciting. I think last year we had four teams. Uh, I think Shamrocks won the nines. We won the league ourselves, and Sinn Féin won the championship. And then you had the Dan Breen's team who were very competitive and went all the way to the league final and um, very close not to get to the championship final. They've got, what's his name from Clare over this year? Aaron Cunningham. So mm-hmm. I know there's, this time of the year from when I'm at home, it's different to home because you know the guys coming through in your own club, they might be minor coming through. But in Melbourne, it's very much whoever's coming off the plane, there's a massive recruitment season goes on from like October to February until you start. And Aaron Cunningham got off the plane. Now I believe it's Dan Breen's or Shamrock's in the running. To Has sign he signed him. yet though? There's no signatures until they play the nines. That's the rule. So Aaron Cunningham is still welcome to play with Gary Owen if he <laughs> wants to join us. If you're listening, Aaron, <laughs> if you're listening, we want you. <laughs> um, you can have the freeze as well. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a big concession there now. <laughs> but um, I think I think uh, Dan Breen's have got a, a, a good number of new players. They're, they're going to be very strong. Shamrock's are always strong. They have a real Tipperary backbone to them. 
Sinn Féin are the champions ourselves we're not losing any players and we've gained a few new guys as well so I think it's like in the last three years you know yourself Liam, the standard every year has actually gone up and up and up so it's um, but it's not Dan Breen's this year it's Wolf Tones isn't it they've, they've, changed, they, they've, yeah. they've changed their name and merged with Wolf yeah. Tones but we know him as Dan Breen's we probably yeah. still call him Dan Breen's yeah. this year yeah so I think yeah look it's a very exciting year ahead in terms of we've got those great competitions at the start of the year and it's kind of bookended by by that and by the by the Australasian Games hosted in Melbourne there's a lot of work for you Giggles in getting that planned for uh, <laughs> getting fixtures and all that done that's Giggles' new title on the Gaelic Park Committee's head of games I'll do the fixtures yeah. he's essentially <laughs> director of hurling and footballing in, in Gaelic Park self-appointed and self-titled self-titled <laughs> self-made role so look I think we're, we're getting obviously towards the end of our review of the year um, just in terms of G'day GA I think we've gone on a bit of a journey since August we've we know you're out there listening. We've got people listening in America, um, Abu Dhabi, lots of people here in Australia, people in Ireland, people in... South Korea. South Korea. We have people in Laos. We have people in Croatia. So we're... Water repre- Hill. Watergrass Hill, yeah. Good AGA, stronghold. <laughs> but yeah, we really appreciate all, all the listeners um, tuning in, but also all the feedback we get on Twitter. That's at Good AGA. On Instagram, it's the same, at Good AGA. And also the email is Good AGA at gmail.com. So thanks very much for tuning in. We're obviously it's Christmas week here. Shawnee, what are you, what day are you finishing up work? Finishing up now this Thursday, so we'll finish up while we're going in Thursday morning. Do a bit of a Chris Kringle, head off to the beach. Uh had some <laughs> beers and barbecue on the beach all day on Thursday. So That's pretty much what you do every day. No, it's not. <laughs> Shawnee's very busy, lads, as you know. He's very busy. Well I've been working from home there now the last well today and tomorrow, so That'll be a bit of a change for me. Mind the two kids and trying to work at the same time is a bit of a challenge. <laughs> but yeah, we'll um, finish up on Thursday and Christmas then is just myself and the wife and the two kids. Keeping it low-key this year. So nice and nice and handy. We had a bit of a crew here last year. As you know yourself, Liam, you were here. And put on a lovely spread. Put on a good spread. No one. The weather was pretty warm at the time. But uh, Shani wouldn't turn the aircon. I was thirty six. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's pretty much for Christmas, really. Just the usual. Lovely and giggles. Kinda. I'd probably go down and do about ten sprints. I'd say then practice freeze for a few hours. Make sure I'm in good shape now for 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 the start of next year. Oh, I think that's my plan. <laughs> Horrible mind <laughs> You know, we know that's lies. We know that's lies. We know that's, that's lies. lies. I know that's lies myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've, Jill's parents are coming over, and her brother's coming over, and my sister are coming over. So we're heading off down the peninsula, have a beach house down there for a week, and then we're coming back to Melbourne for a week. We'll head up to Sydney for a few days. So enjoy the sunshine. They haven't been to Australia, so we'll show them around, and we'll, we'll meet up with yourself and Sean. We're going on a fishing trip, I think, on the 27th or 28th. Yeah, fishing yeah, trip. We're waiting for you to book that, Eagles. Yeah. Where are we going? going to organise a fishing trip. For the club? For no, the no, just those three and, and are we? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, thanks for telling me. Yeah. I'll come along now. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the 27th? One yeah, of them days. Yeah, to be determined. Um, yeah, I've got family coming over. So my sister's coming over from Ireland with her husband and my nephew. So we're going down a beach house similar to yourself. Giggle's not too far away from me. The boys in a beach house. Yeah, oh, yeah, beach house. That's the way we roll. But um, <laughs> I said, said to the sister, we'll do, you know, the Aussie... Christmas we'll do you know seafood shrimp on the barbie shrimp on the barbie the whole lot and she said no we'll do turkey and ham and we'll cook it oh, so I was like that's grand so you'll delight, yeah. I'm delighted like, I'm happy yeah. to have turkey and ham it's, tw- it's only 20 degrees on Christmas day actually yeah. is that, so you'll be able to eat it you'll be able to eat it so it'll be grand we're looking forward to that so anyway look we'll be back with you in the new year Um, obviously we have a revised league and championship and time frames for Hurling and football next year it's going to be very interesting to see how it all unfolds it's going to be a condensed year but it could be a very exciting year 
with the football and hurling champions being changed. We might talk a bit more about that in the new year. Um, but just want to say again, happy Christmas to all our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Christmas to you, Shani. Thanks for having us tonight. Thank you very well. You're very welcome. Thank you very well. Yeah. Thank you. And Gigas, happy Christmas to you. Oh yeah, I'd like to say thanks to all the fans as well. Yeah. Yeah. You you kind of have a love hate relationship with the listeners, Gigas. I think. I don't know. We're getting some mixed reviews and the feedback. More hate than love, I'm sure. (laughs) But yeah, look. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We we talk to you in the new year. Have a good Christmas. Take care.